Welcome to the Cutting Edge Health Podcast with Jane Rogers, where we discuss science to help prevent cognitive decline. Occasionally I come up on a book that is so exciting that I talk about it with all my friends and give it away as birthday presents. This book, Lifespan by David Sinclair, did that for me. Dr. Sinclair is originally from Australia, but now is a professor of genetics at Harvard Medical School. He runs a lab there researching anti-aging. He's been named one of Time Magazine's most 100 influential people in the world. We've been thinking that aging is inevitable, but Dr. Sinclair's research shows this is about to change. Not only can we add years to our lives, but years of health and vibrancy. If aging can be slowed, halted, or even reversed, then age-related diseases like Alzheimer's can be slowed or prevented altogether. Our Ask a Doc, Dr. Lisa Broyles, was excited about this book as well, and she joins us now to share the takeaways from it and how we can bring Dr. Sinclair's anti-aging research findings into our lives. Welcome back, everybody, and I would like to once again welcome Dr. Lisa Broyles to this episode of Cutting Edge Health Podcast. Lisa, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to discuss this book with you. Well, you and I are both excited about it. Let's back up and say, why are we excited about this book? Why are you? I think that it's important that everybody understand how we can live longer and that there is emerging evidence. There's researchers that are on the cutting edge of this. And that's why Jane and I are here today to Mm -hmm. try to share with as many people as possible the latest, greatest information on is aging, in fact, a disease and something that we can actually slow down or perhaps reverse. Very exciting because for years, we've all thought it was just an inevitable part of life. We all age and now we can really reverse it and halt it. It's exciting. Very exciting. I don't think we're there yet as far as immortality, and I don't know that we would want to, but I do think that there are ways to help improve the quality of life as well as the quantity. And to be 85 and still be able to hop on a bus in New Zealand and go for a hike or or put on a little pack and go for a nice Mm -hmm. walk with friends, I think it is possible to age more gracefully than most of us are. So let's dive right into it. There are some things that we can do to help slow the aging process. And some of them are lifestyle, some's diet, and then there are some supplements that Dr. Sinclair's lab recommends. So do you want to hop right into lifestyle and talk about exercise first? (laughs) Yes, I'd love to. One of the reasons I really enjoyed Dr. Sinclair's book is that he's not just touting a specific supplement as an end-all be-all. He is Mm -hmm. looking at the big picture. And you really have to do that because aging, just like many things, is complex and is caused by many factors. So I love that he does explain not just lifestyle, but he goes into some pretty specific details. And like you mentioned with exercise, he specifies that you really need the high-intensity type of exercise where you're getting that heart rate up, you are not able to talk or sing a song without having to Mm -hmm. pause to take a breath every few seconds, your heart rate's up, you're sweating a little bit. Uh, I think of people that are doing spin classes or if you're sitting on your elliptical or your treadmill and you put it on a program where it gets easier and harder every few minutes, that's going to give you a real high intensity for just say 30 seconds to a minute and then it backs it back down. That's the high intensity or doing um, repetitions of 
squats or push-ups. You're mm -hmm. trying to do a longer amount of them, not necessarily a heavier amount of weight to hit that high intensity. And what Dr. Sinclair is saying that that actually turns on the genes that increase the healthy DNA and turn off mm -hmm. the bad genes that cause cancer. It's actually improving the function of your body at a cellular level to do that high intensity exercise. And exercise is something that all of us kind of go, do we really have to? And mm -hmm. this book made me think, yes, you do. And I have really stepped up my exercise routine with intervals on a bike, on a yeah. stationary bike. And I'm now doing it three times a week and just really sweating and pushing as hard as I can. And um, you feel better also afterwards. You really do. It releases your natural mm -hmm. endorphins. I've always laughed mm -hmm. with patients that my elliptical machine was my Lexapro. It's after an hour of watching a good show while I'm working out on my elliptical machine, I feel so much better. And yeah. if I go on a good trail run with my dog and along the river, just soaking up nature while you're out there and exercising, there's really nothing that beats that. You just feel so much better. And I'm often a lot nicer after I get done too. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Aren't we Dr. Not? Sinclair did, yeah, he did specify, you really want to try to get either 30 minutes of exercise five days a week, or one hour, three days a week. Okay, we can do that. This is harder, I think, the next recommendation for our our lifestyle, and that's cold therapy. Absolutely. This is my least favorite. I have to admit, I really I don't like hate that. this one. And after reading the book, I thought, okay, I can do this. And I, I recruited my husband, and the two of us did a nice yoga session together. And then we took a cold shower. And I have to admit, there was a little screaming involved on my end. Uh, it was not <laughs> pleasant. And I made it through a few minutes in the cold shower. And then I ran as fast as I could to the hot tub. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yes, uh, Dr. Sinclair does recommend cold therapy. When we cool our body, whether that's sleeping more in the cool, but also exercising in cold weather, that really improves our longevity, believe it or not. Um, it's not a bad thing to also get sweaty. We want to do that. Sweating helps us to detox, but you want both. So it's a wonderful idea to exercise and then take a cold shower, take a quick plunge in a cold river. And when that brief cooling actually improves the health of your cells and your DNA. The mitochondria is going, yes, yes, thank you. Bring it on. Yes. Our mitochondria are little energy cells and it increases their energy production with that cooling, as unpleasant as I think it is. <laughs> you know, he even recommended going out in the winter in short sleeves for a, a, a certain amount of time to cool yourself in that way, which I thought sounded horrible. <laughs> Yeah, we were we were laughing. My family goes backpacking a few times a year with the children, and my husband and my son always go for a polar plunge in whatever river is nearby, and they have a competition to see who can stay in there the longest, and it's usually a little bit longer than 10 seconds. But uh, but we thought, hey, they're actually doing wow. something that's good for you, and I have to admit, I, I'm the videographer. I do not engage in the polar plunge usually, but perhaps I should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> now, he also mentioned something about saunas, too, that it's good to do a sauna and then get cold. Right. Hot. Hot, exactly. Cold, hot, maybe the hot tub. Yes. You know, back and forth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So biometric monitors are also something. If you can measure it, you can change it. Right. So he mentions that it's important for us to consider wearing a device that monitors your resting heart rate, your heart rate while you're exercising, how much you're sleeping. Uh, in the future, hopefully, how much stress you're under and little warning sign come up about that. 
So the next thing Dr. Sinclair recommends is that we wear biotrackers like this, like this aura ring. Yes, I was wanting you to explain to everyone what an aura ring is, <laughs> but basically Dr. Sinclair does recommend that we are actually monitoring our heart rate, both resting and with exercise, monitoring our oxygen levels, how much we're sleeping, so that our and we can actually get data from that that tells us how healthy we are, how should we be exercising more? Are we overdoing it in the future? How much stress we're under and time to take a stress break. But uh, he does recommend biometric trackers. So can you tell us a little bit about the aura ring that you have? I love this thing. I just love it. Um, it used to be when I would wake up in the morning, I'd ask my partner, well, how'd you sleep last night? And it was real subjective. And now when I ask him how he slept, it's, oh, I got a crown. I got a 90-some and I got an 80-some in my readiness. So there are two indicators that we really pay attention to, how much deep sleep we got and what our readiness is. And if your readiness is too low, then you take a break from exercise for the day. If you don't have enough deep sleep, I remember when I first started this, I didn't have enough deep sleep. I only got like two minutes of deep sleep a night, which is crazy. You're supposed to have 25% of your night sleep be deep sleep. So two minutes wasn't right. restorative. It wasn't doing it for the brain and, and what needed to happen. Right. It really helps you it does. answer, right. It helps you yeah. answer those questions of, well, I thought I was sleeping enough, but that actually tells yes. you, are you sleeping enough? And is it quality sleep? Because when you're sleeping, that's when your cells repair. That's when everything heals. That's when the brain connections reestablish. Yes. That's when they remove the traffic cones and allow traffic to go again. So you really have to get enough deep sleep. Yeah. It's, if you can measure it, you can change yes. it. Yes. And, and this really helps you measure and, and change it. Okay, so diet. I wanted to kind of talk about diet for a minute because I think mm -hmm. one of the most important things to understand is that diet really should be an individualized concept. There is not any one diet that really fits everybody. And I, I wish that weren't true, but it really is. Not everybody needs an autoimmune diet or a paleo diet or a vegan diet. Really depends on your genetics and your past exposures. So there are a few just across the board recommendations that Dr. Sinclair makes that I do think are true for everybody, which is to eat more vegetables. Most of us do not eat enough vegetables. And the ideal is to try to get about nine cups a day, especially if you have autoimmune disease. But I can tell you that's really hard to do. It's hard to do. Unless you're juicing or making shakes out of vegetables. That's really the only way I can get enough vegetables in, honestly. And I do feel better when I do that. But it is hard to do. He also recommends that you decrease the amount of animal protein in your diet. So I'm not saying that everyone should not eat meat. But I do think that eating less animal protein and more vegetable sources of protein, such as beans and legumes... Uh, nuts are better for us than eating too much meat. It's all about the balance of lots of vegetables and a little bit of animal protein, a little bit of dairy, a little bit of organic free-range red meat. Just incorporate in that chicken and fish. But again, those things should be secondary to the amount of vegetables that we're eating. And he is also a proponent of intermittent fasting. Yeah, I'd love to speak to that. I've been doing that now for some time and see the benefits Absolutely. Of mm -hmm. So there's two different ways that you can do intermittent fasting. And by this, I don't mean that you starve yourself for days on end because you're going to totally set your thyroid off and it's going to think you're starving it and it's mm -hmm. going to hang on to every calorie. So please don't take this to mean you should just starve yourself for days. But what intermittent fasting is, there's the most popular is called the 16-8 where you try to go 14 to 16 hours between dinner 
and breakfast. This means eating an early dinner. I try to have dinner finished by 6 p.m. My children and I are up having breakfast by 7 a.m. and I personally, I'll take the kids to school, exercise, and then eat my breakfast so that I get a good 14 to 16 hours between that dinner and breakfast. When you do that, you can reset your insulin sensitivity while you're sleeping. So this is one of the best ways to improve insulin resistance, prediabetes, or you know, diabetics, just in general. Most of us have a little bit too much blood sugar running around and it's a lot easier to use that, break it down, um, synthesize it correctly if we try not to eat all the time. Don't eat a late night snack in general. Um, it's better to try to just get that 14 to 16 hours of fasting overnight, especially if you have any kind of cognitive decline um, or diabetes. And it's really not that hard. As long as you can eat at 5 or 6 p.m., it's not that hard to, to go all the way overnight, not snack right before bedtime, get up in the morning and not eat again until 9 or 10 in the morning. It, it can get tough in the morning, but it's doable. It's really doable. It is. The, the other way he suggests doing it is called the 5-2 diet, where two days a week you eat 75% less calories, which for me, I can't. I can't do it. But I would much rather do the 16-8 and eat as much as I want in that eight-hour window, but you're still decreasing your overall calorie consumption. So it is good for us to eat just a little bit less. We don't need to be satiated to extremely full all the time. And then to keep your weight up, because when you are cutting your calories a little bit, you can really have a, an issue losing too much weight. Eating healthy fats, yes. eating nuts, avocados, Healthy fats, yes. Nuts are my favorites. Nuts and avocados. I tell people they really can't eat too many of healthy nuts. I don't mean peanuts, but this is like um, eating almonds and raw walnuts. You can have a limited amount of cashews, pistachios, but really your almonds and your walnuts are some of your chief healthy nuts. Um, peanuts are actually not a nut. They're a legume and they tend to actually be inflammatory. So I don't recommend peanuts when I'm speaking of eating more nuts. Okay. Should we move on to supplements that are recommended in the lifespan? Absolutely. This is really fascinating. It really is. The first one, and we've heard about this now for almost 20 years, and that's resveratrol, mm -hmm. which comes from mm -hmm. grapes. Resveratrol is in the skin of the red grape, which is why there have been some studies showing that red wine can be good for the heart. Unfortunately, those studies have shown that red wine, one cup a day, can benefit a male as far as cardiovascular disease, but the studies have not shown that to be true for women, as even one drink a day does increase a woman's risk of breast cancer. Because yes, there's resveratrol in the skin of the grape, but there's also a lot of sugar from fermenting the alcohol. So you can't get your resveratrol from just drinking wine. I don't generally recommend no. it. I do think that resveratrol is an important supplement, especially mm -hmm. right now in the age of this COVID pandemic. But what resveratrol does is it's a really potent anti-inflammatory for the body, but very specifically for the heart and for the blood vessels around the heart. So I use it to treat people with a high cardiac CRP marker. Mm -hmm. It's a high sensitivity CRP that shows that there's inflammation around the heart arteries. Resveratrol is very good at calming that down. It also mm -hmm. decreases cellular aging, according to Dr. Sinclair, especially when you're taking resveratrol along with doing the intermittent fasting. That seems to really boost its ability to decrease your aging at a cellular level. I do recommend not taking more than about 200 milligrams of resveratrol daily. And I recommend combining it with the next supplement, 
which is called quercetin. Go for it. Tell us about care. Before we leave resveratrol, though, he does recommend a certain form of it. It's called transresveratrol. Yes. If you can find it, the transresveratrol does seem to absorb a little bit better than the plain resveratrol. Okay. And he goes up pretty high. He goes up to one gram, doesn't he, of resveratrol? But you kind of think that's a little hefty? I think you have to be careful because there has been some studies that showed that if you take too much of a lot of these anti-inflammatory herbs, resveratrol being one of them, Mm -hmm. there's been some limited studies showing that when you get up to that 1,000 milligrams, you can actually increase inflammation Mm -hmm. in some people. So I tend to think that Mm. trying to balance that, so a little bit of resveratrol with a little bit of quercetin, combine Mm -hmm. that with the diet and the intermittent fasting, Mm -hmm. and now we're talking about getting this ball rolling of how to actually improve Mm -hmm. cellular function. And he also takes it with fat. Yes. Because he says it really uptakes a lot better if you have a good, healthy fat. And you could also take it with a fish oil too, your Mm omega-3 supplement, and the oil in that is going to help you absorb your resveratrol better. Excellent. Quercetin. So quercetin, you can get quercetin from food. If you like capers, uh, red onion, kale, these all have quercetin. Um, Kale is just one of my favorites, and I love adding it to my smoothies as often as I can. Um, And the dosing for quercetin can really vary. I think of quercetin as an herbal antihistamine. What it does is it is decreasing what we call a cytokine storm. It's one of the chief supplements I actually recommend if you have COVID because quercetin is wonderful at helping prevent that massive inflammation that COVID can cause that can then shut everything down and make everything Mm -hmm. go, go haywire. So quercetin dosing can really vary. I usually recommend anywhere from 150 up to about 500 milligrams, and that can be taken up to three times a day. So your max dose would be like 1500 milligrams a day. Some people find that dose to be a little bit sedating. So I have at home combinations of resveratrol at 200 with quercetin at about 150. And if you're taking that one to two times daily, I feel like that's sufficient. One of the really fun facts that Dr. Sinclair brought up about quercetin that I previously didn't know is it actually inhibits and destroys something called a zombie cell. Do you know what a zombie cell is? Yeah, those are the ones that we get more and more of them as we age and they don't die. A sentient cell. Oh, they're they're really creepy sounding. Yeah. yeah. So these zombie cells. Our immune system can't see them. No, wow. they're, they're, they hide and they actually recruit mm-hmm. other cells to become zombie cells and they increase cancer formation. They increase inflammation. They're absolutely terrible. So we really want to get rid of these guys because they can recruit mm-hmm. more cells to turn into this army of zombie cells. So quercetin actually inhibits these guys, targets them, helps us get rid of them. Excellent. Now, his big one is NMN, nicotinamide mononucleoside. Oh, and good job. Nicotinamide riboside. <laughs> riboside, yes. So NMN and the NR, the nicotinamide riboside, are both what we call NAD boosters. And the NAD is nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. And there's not a quiz on all these names later. But what these are, these are all um, enzymes that help your body to actually turn on the genes that you want and turn off the genes that you don't. These are your lawmakers, if you will. So Dr. Sinclair is help. They identified these genes that they call longevity genes. They call them sirtuins, but they are enzymes that regulate your gene function. And the way I think of that is the lawmakers. These are the ones that are making the book that tells your body how it's going to behave. So 
the NAD, the NMN, the NR, these are all breakdown products of niacin, which is B3. And we've all probably heard of niacin before. Niacin has been used to improve high cholesterol, although honestly I stopped using it after I had several of my little ladies faint on niacin because it also causes, plain niacin can cause vasodilation and if you already have low blood pressure and you take a large dose of niacin, you're probably going to hit the floor because your blood pressure is going to get too low or you're going to be itchy and flushy. So niacin can cause a lot of flushing, however the downstream products, the NAD boosters that we're discussing today, the nicotinamide products, they tend to not cause the flushing. They do have their own possible concerns if you're taking a very high dose of a nicotinamide product, uh, which is over a thousand milligrams a day. There have been people that have experienced elevated liver enzymes, uh, possible liver damage, damage to the macula of the eye, uh, increased uh, blood levels of certain antiplatelet or anticoagulation drug drugs and anti-seizure medications. So you do have to be careful, even with vitamins, if you are taking high doses and you should ask your doctor first about the dose because if you're on a, an anti-seizure or an anti-clotting medicine, it can affect, make those medicines more powerful for you and you may not want that to happen. I read in this book that you should be careful when you're getting NMN or nicotinamide riboside, um, the NR, that it stay refrigerated because it can go bad pretty quickly. I think that's true. And that's true with good fish oil too. But a lot of your quality mm -hmm. anti-inflammatory products are unstable when it comes to heat. So it is a good idea that it arrives refrigerated and that you keep it that way. Uh, good example, this past summer, I knew better, but I had kept my fish oil on the shelf in the kitchen and I hadn't put it right in the refrigerator while our, our air conditioning went out and it got 80 something degrees and my fish oil capsules all melted together and my husband put them in the fridge and kept taking them and then I test his omega-3 levels Ooh. and I'm accusing him of not taking it and he said I've taken it every day and I thought well why isn't it showing up in your blood and then I remembered oops I ruined it so it, it didn't work so I had to order more and put it straight yeah. in the fridge so and that's that's true with with your NMN products as well. And there, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of products on the market. If you stay tuned after this, we are, we're not going to discuss it on here, but I did type up a sheet of different NMN and NR and NAD products that are actually have the amount they say they do and don't have any heavy metals and are actually bioavailable for you. And this research will be available on the website. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Thank you for doing that because it's hard to tell which products, supplements aren't regulated. So when you go and buy something, it's very hard to tell how much right. NMN am I getting in this product when I spend that money. Exactly. And some of them can be extremely expensive. But I did want to say the value that Dr. Sinclair points out in the NAD boosters is they can improve blood sugar. They do, at a cellular level, help your cells to stay alive for longer. Um, they also help your mitochondria, which are your energy cells, to make more energy. They improve exercise tolerance. And for women that are getting older that still want to get pregnant, there has actually been some studies showing that it can improve fertility for aging mothers-to-be. That's great. Now, one other thing he recommends is something that's a drug that's usually used for diabetes, and that's metformin. Yes. And that that has shown 
anti-aging properties that we really should consider even if we don't have diabetes. I've used metformin extensively for pre-diabetes, insulin resistance, diabetics, mm. and for PCOS. But this was interesting because I didn't know before that metformin did have this ability to actually inhibit cancer cell formation, especially cancers of the breast, pancreas, colon, and lung. And so it improves mitochondrial function. So Dr. Sinclair is actually saying, hey, we should be prescribing metformin actually as an anti-aging drug, regardless of people's blood sugar. I would say my caution with that is that metformin does inhibit your ability to absorb B12. If you're on metformin, you should be supplementing with at least 1,000 micrograms or 1 milligram of B12 daily, preferably a methylcobalamin or adenosylcobalamin form of it. Metformin also can be hard on the kidneys. So if you have kidney disease, renal insufficiency, you absolutely should not take metformin without discussing it with your doctor first. I've also seen metformin cause a significant amount of gastric discomfort, diarrhea. So uh, at least when you initially start taking it, you should take just 500 milligrams with a full meal. And after a few days, usually your stomach settles down, but I have a handful of people that weren't able to ever tolerate it. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that surprised me in this book was something that I thought was just cast in stone. And that is that antioxidants are important for your body. And he's not sure that they really help with aging and a, an increased health span. I had to think about this one for a minute because I do think that mm -hmm. antioxidants in our diet are still important, are, are deeply colored vegetables. I tell my patients to eat a rainbow diet, and I, I do think that that's still important. Um, but Dr. Sinclair was pointing out that the free radical theory of DNA damage is outdated. We know that there's a lot more that goes into broken DNA now. And it's there's yes, it's true that unpaired electrons bombarding our DNA can break it. Um, but it's not the only reason that our DNA gets broken and cancer forms. So I think what Dr. Sinclair is doing by going after the sirtuins, which are these longevity genes, you have to think of those. I think of them like the judges, the lawyers that are actually creating the code. Okay, so Dr. Sinclair says, hey, instead of just throwing out pamphlets, which is like the antioxidants that we're taking in, this is only going to do a little bit to change public mm -hmm. opinion, but it's not actually going to change law. And we want to actually change the body's law that it's going by, which is the longevity genes. He's targeting those specific genes with the lifestyle and the nutrition. And I do think, again, that that should be individualized. He's, and the specific supplements that we just recommended, you pull all of that together and you can change the very way that your DNA works, the protein expression. You want the cancer cells turned off. You want the protective cells turned on. This is really where he's targeting, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So if we're going to spend money on supplementation, we're better off and maybe smarter spending it on NMN and resveratrol and quercetin than we are on beta carotene, lutein, lycopenes. I do think that's important. I, now, with lutein and astaxanthin, those are very important to prevent mm -hmm. macular degeneration. And I do think those should be in all vitamins as people are aging, especially people with blue eyes, as they genetically have less lutein and astaxanthin. So I do think there are some antioxidants that should be 
that we mm-hmm. need antioxidants, but we go more with the mm-hmm. food. You know, eat your uh, cherries and mm-hmm. blueberries and your deeply colored vegetables. Uh, I love purple mm-hmm. potatoes for that. We have purple sweet potatoes now, but get your antioxidants as much as you can from food instead of supplements. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Dr. Boyles, this was fun. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just so excited. I am too. Is there anything else you'd like to say about this book? I think that this book is fabulous for everybody. You don't have to have a background in biochemistry, but it really helps you think. And it helps you understand that there's not just one miracle supplement, but we have to start thinking about the toxins that we're exposing ourselves to. Dr. Sinclair also said, hey, I don't microwave my food in plastic. I minimize the amount of x-rays that I get. He eats organic food. And I, I love that he takes this whole lifestyle approach because that's what as a functional medicine doctor, that's what I do. I'm looking at the whole person, and I do think you should see a doctor that is knowledgeable about integrative and functional medicine who can actually come up with a detailed nutrition plan that's specific to your genetics. There's lots of genetic testing out there that can actually tell you what you specifically should and shouldn't be eating. There's food allergy testing, and these aren't covered typically by insurance, but they truly can be life-saving. And I think we should add that Dr. Broyles is our Ask a Doc on Cutting Edge Health. And so if you go to our website, cuttingedgehealth.com, and you're going to see an Ask a Doc link, you can go there and you can actually record a question for her. And we're going to have her answering those questions on future podcasts. So if you have any questions about aging well, yes. increasing your health span, or any other topic of interest to you that a functional medicine doc, it's in their bailiwick, I would suggest that you do that. Yes. And if you want an individualized consult, you can go to www.waytohealthmd and contact me. There's a membership option and there's individualized consults that we can do over the internet. And I'd love to speak with you. Thank you. Wonderful. Dr. Broyles, thank you again for your time. You have an awesome day, okay? Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Cutting Edge Health Podcast, created and hosted by Jane Rogers. The website is cuttingedgehealth.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and would very much appreciate your writing a review. They help a lot and we read each one. Any information shared on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Guest opinions are their own. This podcast is not responsible for the veracity of their statements. The comments expressed are not medical advice. Do not use any of this information without first talking to your doctor. This podcast and Jane Rogers disclaim responsibility for any adverse effects from the use of any information presented. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful day.